Opening weekend is in the books from Dick Hauser Stadium, and Florida State is, is 2-0 to begin the 2024 regular season. Um, Florida State and Butler are only able to get two games in this weekend with you know rain all day Saturday, basically, and uh, Butler had a travel curfew on, on Sunday that they were dealing with, so not able to get Saturday's game in and down to 55 games in the regular season, but... Florida State gets a, a mini sweep to open the year and, and a series win uh, pretty handedly and, and pretty stress-free. Um, you know, only only 3-0 through five innings on Friday, but took care of business with an 11-0 win and then took care of business again on Sunday with a 15-5 win. Good weekend for the bats. Um, good weekend for, for the starting pitchers and, and, and the arms, um, except for kind of the last four innings on, on Sunday, but... Um, overall, I think a weekend you have to be happy with. Um, like I said, you took care of business. Um, and now you, you move into the midweeks with some extra arms potentially available for your your matchup with Jacksonville here on Tuesday. Um, recording this on, on Monday morning, I uh, just wanted to kind of sleep, sleep on my thoughts after um, opening weekend before getting on here and recording. We'll probably record something after Jacksonville on Tuesday with thoughts on that. And then also a preview going into Western Carolina weekend. But um, yeah, first, before we get to the Jacksonville game um, tomorrow, I just wanted to get my thoughts out there on on opening weekend and, and, and what I thought of it. Um, you know, for the most part, I thought it met my expectations of, of what I thought was going to happen and what... I thought where I thought guys were at and, and their progressions and um, how I feel about some of the guys and you know that kind of played itself out this weekend and you know it, it all starts with the starting pitching like Link says a lot um, and like I've said for a while Cam Leiter's a, a tone setter and, and he set the tone from the get go on Friday um, you know I think he started with a one two three inning and you saw the intensity early. Uh, after his his first inning inning ending strikeout, just pounding his chest and, and, and yelling to the dugout, you know, not really yelling at the other at the other team and, and and showing them up, but it's more so, you know, of intensity to to his dugout, his his teammates, and to get them going, and you know that was just the starting point for him. Um, five innings pitch, thirteen strikeouts, career high, um, only two walks, one hit, no runs, um, eighty nine pitches. Probably the only thing there that if you were to nitpick just the, the 89 pitches efficiency-wise, but um, felt like Butler was just trying their best to work the at-bats as long as they possibly could and foul off as many pitches as they could. But you know, Leiter still strikes out 13 guys in five innings, only two outs on balls and plays. I mean, the whole Friday game, FSU's infield didn't have to deal with any any balls except for, I think, a pop-up to third base. Um I think four fly balls, one pop up, and and twenty two strikeouts for the pitching staff. Um, twenty two strikeouts. That's more than the season high of twenty one from last year, which happened in I believe the extra innings game against USF. But um, you know, I think I've been saying for a while how confident I am in Lighter and how much I think that he is a front line guy, and I believe he's a first round draft pick next year in, in twenty twenty five. But FSG is going to have him for two years, and I think he's going to be pretty dang good for two years, and. That's not because of what he did at Butler. It's because of what he's done since he got here. Um, he's just been consistent. He's been dominant. And that's why I expected the performance that we got on, on, on Friday. Um, I don't know if I expected 13 strikeouts in five innings. But, you know, as long as 
As long as Leiter's in the zone with the fastball and, and he's got one of the two breaking balls going, he's going to miss bats. He's going to strike out a lot of hitters. Um, and I thought he had both breaking balls going on Friday. I don't think he mixed in the changeup a ton. Only saw it a few times, but fastball up to 98 early, I believe. Um, sitting mostly 94, 96, like usual. Slider got swings and misses. Curveball, um, I think... <clears throat> I think he had a breakdown of six strikeouts with the fastball, four with the slider, and three with the curveball. So um, good distribution there. He mixed it up, um, pounded the strike zone for the most part, only two walks. So um, I think both those walks came on, on full counts. So you take everything about that, that outing from Cam, and I think he's confident in what he's, he's doing right now, and he, he kind of expects it too. We talked to him after the game for a couple minutes, and he was very nonchalant. Um, didn't make much of a big deal about it. I think he expected to do what he did. And um, that's kind of the confidence that he carries himself with. And um, when you have the stuff that you do, it's the stuff that Leiter does. It's it's not surprising that, that he has the confidence he has, and, and he should. Um, you know, I thought the biggest thing about that game and maybe the entire weekend was, was Carson Dorsey's um, velocity tick. He, he relieved Leiter and threw two, two scoreless innings, gave up two hits, um, gave up one double. I just think he just left a slider middle-middle to a left-handed batter. Um, only walked one hitter and struck out five batters. Um, he ticked up to 96 miles per hour. I don't think I've seen Carson above 94 before. Um, and, you know, last year when I first saw Carson in Juca, I mean, he was 88-91 um, for, for most of last year, I think. And since he's been here, for the most part, he's been low 90s. Um, you know, have seen him up to 94, but never really seen him where he was in, in, on, fri- on Friday. And that's part of putting him in the bullpen is you think maybe the stuff can tick up. Um, it's also probably part of throwing in front of that crowd for the first time and getting that in- adrenaline going. But, you know, 94, 95 sitting in the first inning and then, you know, grabbed a 96. And Carson's always been someone who's going to miss bats with the fastball no matter the velocity just because of the deception and the ride that he creates and, and the carry to the fastball from the over-the-top um, arm slot that he has. So, And I think the other big thing is he's throwing a really sharp slider now, and that's not, that's not really something he'd ever had before and, until a couple of weeks ago that he showed it. And then you know, it looked like it took even another step forward um, out of the pen on, on Friday, and I think Link, Link mentioned that as well. Uh, like 85, 86 mile per hour sliders with, with sharp movement. And he's shown a curveball and a changeup too. And the changeup was, was plus early in the, in the, in the, in the preseason. So um, really excited about that development. As long as Dorsey's pounding the strike zone um, and being consistent with the fastball command, like he's, he's going to miss a lot of bats and he's going to strike out a lot of guys. And um, he has the potential to be a bullpen workhorse and, and you need someone to step up into that role and, you know, I think he is probably that, that top candidate to do that. Um, two freshmen also threw in on Friday, Hudson Rowan and Matt Saucer. Both of them looked good. Both of them looked comfortable. Um, Hudson talked about him a lot in the preseason, uh, just the, the fastball quality for him too. Um, like Dorsey, it's, you know, it, he creates deception in a bit of a different way. He hides the ball really well behind his back and then just so quickly comes from over the top and um, he just creates a ton of ride with the fastball too. He had two strikeouts and you saw his intensity on his last K, um, kind of did a little jump up in there and let out a yell. And, um, Hudson's an intense competitor. That's what he's been since high school. 
Um, knowing people that have watched him a lot, they just they believe in what Hudson's going to be, and I believe in what Hudson's going to be because he competes hard and the stuff's there. And I think he's someone that's confident in himself as a freshman to go out there and just attack hitters. And um, and he's going to get hitters out, and he's going to miss a lot of bats. Um, Matt Saucer, one inning, one walk, two strikeouts, no hits. Um, Saucer, he's going to miss bats with the fastball too. Best thing about Sauce is how quick he works, the tempo in which he's doing it. He's out there not wasting movement, not wasting energy. There's a purpose to it, and it's he just gets the ball and goes. Um, and I, I think he's going to be someone that, that can eat innings for them this year under the bullpen as well. Offensively for game one, um, a lot of guys that had, that had good days. Um, but, you know, it always starts with Diamond Ross, and he leads it off with, the, with an opposite field single. Steals a base immediately on the next pitch, takes third and home on wild pitches to score the score game's opening run right right away. Um, two runs scored on wild pitches also in the in the second inning, and then kind of a lull there for three innings with with hard hit baseballs going right at people. Um, I think there was one base running in there, base running error in there as well with a runner getting thrown out thrown out at third base, but. You know, I think the theme for them this weekend was they were going to be aggressive on the base pass no matter what, and uh, I think that had to do with kind of Butler's arms, whether that was behind the plate or in the outfield, and they were just going to try to run all over them, and for the most part they did, but just one base running error in this game, um, That I think that was in the fifth inning and in, in limited, um, you did zero runs in that inning, but broke out in the sixth inning after three straight walks with, with James Tibbs' grand slam. Um, just connected with that ball, no doubter to to left to right field over the fence. Um, you know, Tibbs was a little frustrated at, after his at bat before that, and I think he was frustrated with himself on Sunday too. Just kind of looked a little jumpy on on changeups that they got him on that he rolled over to to the right side of the infield. But um, it was really good to see him capitalize on on that moment, and it kind of felt like that was the you know like here we go, like this is. We're here now, like this is the start of the season. Um, <clears throat> that felt like one of your team leaders just capitalizing on a big moment and being that igni- like that igniter that, that you needed in that moment. Um, so really good to see from Tibbs and just building off last year's performance to start the year. Um, I think we've talked about a lot, just we expect this from Tibbs and, and, and Jaime at this point. They, they do what they do and Tibbs is going to hit for a lot of power this year and be someone that's a consistent producer of runs. Um, and he already this weekend drove in, um, I think, six runs. Yeah, led the team with six RBIs this weekend. So um, a good opening weekend for Tibbs. Um, some other guys in that opening game, Marco Dinges had was three for three. I think he had two balls. I think he had one ground ball that was 109 exit velo and then another one that was 110. Um, so, you know, I've talked about just his, his raw strength for a while and but also his ability to put the ball in play and just spray balls all spray line drives all over the yard that are hit really hard and and that's what he does and he's the ag- aggressor in his at bats for the most part so I'm um, just good to see him get off to a good start on Friday it looked like on Sunday that he just missed a couple baseballs um, had a couple pop ups that were in the air forever uh, that he just missed but um, I think Marco is going to be you know productive for you in the long run um, Faro had. Multi-hit days on, on Friday and Sunday. Two hits on, on Friday. I think three hits on, on Sunday for a 5 for 10 weekend. So good start for that for the UCF transfer there. Um, moving to or still on Friday, two other points on offense for Friday. First, before I move on, um, Max Williams and, and Cal Fisher both hit home runs off the bench. Those guys are both 
guys that I mentioned as, you know, Max as kind of the, the fourth outfielder and, and Cal as the, as the guy on the middle infield pushing there, uh, pushing low decent throw in the middle infield. And it's just, it's good for those guys to capitalize on opportunities because it keeps the pressure on, on the guys that are there starting. And Link talked about a lot this weekend in both press conferences, how there's guys pushing and other guys that aren't in the starting lineup that do deserve to start based off what they've done in the preseason and what they they've done early here on the season but you know they just they have a lot of depth and sometimes you just don't have spots in the lineups for those guys but for them to make the most of the opportunities they get um, that's really good for for their self-confidence but it also you know it, it puts the pressure on the guys ahead of them to keep doing well to you know to keep their jobs and um, you know that only makes everybody better I think um, you saw a lot of the depth and a lot of a lot of the potential for this group this year and um, you know you see that in, in game one with the offense and how many guys can Im- impact the baseball. Um, moving to game two, Jamie Arnold got the start on Sunday, um, you know, after the Saturday cancellation. You know, I think Whitaker was, was Link mentioned he was available on Sunday if they had needed him. But once you got five from Jamie and it was an eight run lead or so, no, no reason to go to Wit. Um, so I think they decided to just get some other guys their work in and I, I expect to see Whitaker on Tuesday. You know, that was, Link said, after the game, that, that was a possibility. Uh, I think, you know, you probably try to get him in some sort of, like, opener role and throw him one or two innings to get his work, get him in rhythm. You know, if he wasn't to throw in game until um, until this upcoming Sunday, that'd be, I think, 15 days from his last live action in game um, from the last time he threw in the preseason. So, you just want to get him out there and, and get him into a kind of just a, a game groove and a game rhythm again. So, um, but the reason you didn't have to throw him on Sunday was because Jamie was really good um, pounding the strike zone. I think my big thing with Jamie, you know, obviously there has been a, a tick up in the stuff, but I think the biggest thing with Jamie is just you, you see his confidence coming out and growing. And Link's talked about how he's matured. I, I, I just think he's. I think Jamie's at the point where he's remembered he's he's really good and he's he's realized that when he's in the zone and his stuff's in the zone that that guys can't hit it and that gives you confidence to attack the strike zone and that's what he did on Friday and he only threw 70 pitches in 5 innings, 50 strikes, 71% strikes on 70 pitches, 9 strikeouts. Um you know, you saw Jamie from the very first inning, his very first strikeout like had some words for the opponents and that's not something we ever saw from Jamie last year. And it's just, there's, there's, there's an intensity to Jamie this year that, that wasn't there last year. And that's, that's part of being a freshman and and growing up and having to be in a role that, you know, maybe you didn't want to have to put him in last year, but you felt like he was capable of doing it, but he just wasn't, you know, up to that confidence level yet. But we're seeing that confidence come out of Jamie to the point where he's just like, I'm going to put this fastball in the zone and I, I don't think you can hit it and, you know, try your best, but I'm coming right at you. And when Jamie's doing that and like the fastball's up to 96 in the first inning, sitting 94, 95, I think for the most part after that, it was, it was 91, 93, kind of 90, 93. They're late into the fifth inning, but you know, as long as Jamie's like 90, 93, 90, like low nineties, late in outings and, you know, early he's going to run it up there, but as long as that velo holds in the low 90s and you got the slider going and the, and the change-ups in there once in a while, 
um, to give you a, th a third variation, uh, it's 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 going to be consistently good as long as you're consistently in the strike zone. Um, this the slot and, and the life on the fastball up in the zone, it it just makes it really hard on hitters to hit. Um, but you know the the other side of the pitching on Sunday, um, not good enough. Just with the opponent and also the situation, um, you know I get it for. A freshman, uh, obviously Brady Lauk was, was the first guy out of the pen. He walked two batters and then struck out a batter before, you know, four guys followed him. And the four guys after him were redshirt senior, redshirt senior, sophomore, and junior. Um, you know, they combined to get 3.2 innings. Um, I think they allowed six walks, uh, one hit by pitch, four hits, and uh, three earned runs, four runs total. Um, and, you know, Noah Short, first appearance at Florida State, four pitches and a walk. Um, Brandon Oxford allowed two walks, a hit, and, and one earned run in, in 1.2 innings. Um, Ryan Dennison looked really good in his first two batters. Splitter looked really good, and, and stuff was going well. Struck out first two batters he faced, but then, you know, allowed a walk, a hit, and two more walks. Um, and that's kind of just been the thing with, with Denny recently is he's He's looked really, really good for the first few batters in an outing, and he just can't he can't find a way to finish outings. And a lot of that has just been him losing his command when he when he's getting to that last point. And he's you know the last few weeks of the preseason, like last couple of batters, he would just lose guys on full counts. And um, you know he's been close to to getting that that the one that one outing that he finishes, but he just he can't seem to get it. Um, but you know, it's still good to see the splitter, but he just he needs to be in, with the fastball in the zone more. Um, Connor holds 1.1 innings, two hits, one earned run. Um, so I think, you know, just you wish that it would be a little cleaner there. I think Link, Link mentioned that. But obviously first appearance of the year for all those guys. So only one appearance. It's a small sample set. But, you know, I think the concern coming in, one of the concerns coming in was just bullpen execution and, and bullpen depth. Um, and, you know, I think all these guys, especially some of the older guys, like everybody on the staff needs to fill some sort of role for for you to be successful and for it to be a deep and complete pitching staff. Um, but so I think, you know, we saw really good signs from the front line of the pitching staff, but you need the, the back end to kind of just be a little more crisp and a little more clean and, and attack the zone when you need them to. But like I said, it, it's one outing, but consistency is the question with all these guys based off the, the the fall and preseason so you know the consistency concerns aren't new but um you know it's it's a it's a small in-game regular season sample set so far and um we'll, we'll evaluate how those guys progress throughout the year just wish in that situation up so many runs and um on a Sunday just the, the, with the competition you were facing that just be a little more aggressive and, and cleaner in the strike zone. But um, obviously a really good offensive day. Scored runs in, in the first six innings. Um, crooked numbers in, in, in five of those innings. Um, scored one in the, in, the, in the first inning, kind of the same script as the first game with Diamas getting a, a leadoff base hit, stealing a bag, and uh, and scoring a run. Uh, that's just the table setter that he is. It, it's going to be something that he does often, I think. Um, obviously a really big day for McGuire Holbrook. Um, Jackson West started started game one behind the plate, and Holbrook got the start behind the plate in game two. Holbrook was was three for three with career high three runs and career high five RBIs. 
Uh, first Florida State home run, uh, I think 108 exit velocity on a ball that he pummeled over the over the visitors' bullpen in left field. Um, so good to see Mac kind of impacting the baseball like that that we didn't get to see much of last year as, as he dealt with the hamate bone injury and, and the hamstring injury. Um, he just wasn't able to consistently impact the baseball. But, um, you know, like, like we've talked about before, um, like the numbers are there at West Virginia and um, those aren't fluky numbers. Like it, uh, it really a, a year full of production in the Big 12. Um, that's something that you expect to, to play out with Max Bat. Um, and so it's good to see that in his first action of the season. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Faroe had a three hit day on Sunday. Um, Jaime, two hit day with a triple. Cam, two hit day. Um, Tibbs with two more RBIs. So um, just all in all, a good offensive weekend. I think you did what you're supposed to do offensively versus Butler. Um, like I mentioned, Butler just is not only won 12 games last year um, in 55 attempts. So um, everything's kind of take it with a, a grain of salt with the first weekend in, in competition level. But um, you took care of business. You you, hand, you had you did what you had to do. You executed for the most part. Your starting pitcher was really good and filled up the strike zone and missed bats. And um, I think that's that's the strength of your team, the starting pitching, and I think strength of your team is is your offense. Um, you know, as I watched the other ACC teams this week and and teams around the country, I just you know one through nine, it, there's not many teams that have just the 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 depth of of impact that Florida State has. It's it's a good lineup. It's it really is. There's guys that have done it, have produced it at a high level at other places. There's guys that have produced at a high level here in, in Tibbs and Jaime and you, you feel like you you know what you're gonna you know you're gonna get more out of Cam and Diamas this year. Um but you know I don't I don't think anything that any takeaways I had from this weekend are, are anything that were really new coming out of, of the preseason in the fall after you know all the watching the scrimmages I did and, and everything and you know I I know it's the first look for most people and then first impression. But um, I think if you listen to this podcast and, and read Knowles 247 for the last five months or so that, you know, you expected the performances of a lot of these guys this opening weekend. And um, I think you can expect more of these performances to come, especially from guys like Cam Leiter and Jamie Arnold. They just, they're really good arms. Um, and you have a lot of good arms and good arm talent. And you know, I think I'm excited to see where that goes and, and, and how that fares throughout the season. And um, the next big part of that is, is at JU on Tuesday. Um, we haven't seen, I believe, six arms so far. Um, Connor Whitaker, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ben Barrett, Gavin Adams, Andrew Armstrong, who I don't think was available this weekend, but did throw a bullpen on Friday before the game. So that was good to see. Uh, freshman um, David Davila and, and John Abraham, as, as well as um, Joe Charles, who I, I would expect probably gets an inning at, at JU. Uh, I think Tejada and Barrett will also throw at JU. Um, and like I mentioned, I think Witt will get an inning or two of, of work. Um, so we'll see how the rest of the arms look once they get out there for their first in-game action. But um, with JU, uh, JU went 2-0 this week uh, against against Cincinnati. They also weren't able to get a third game in. Uh, I think a lot of the teams in Florida dealt with weather, weather this weekend. Obviously, UF, I think, was only able to get one of their games in against St. John's, um, and and they lost. So, you know, it's it's good that you took care of business because not everyone does opening weekend. And, 
it's not easy to get get wins in baseball and you got two so um really good to see and you know obviously ju got two wins too and i think ju is a a really good mid-major team this year um, i think they've got some arms i think they got some bats i know uh former florida state player tyrell brewer who wasn't at fsu too long i think he was he was here in in, in either the covid year i believe he was here um, so didn't get much action at florida state but um, Tyrell was is someone that will probably be in in the top of of Ju's order as kind of a table setter for them. Um, you know, other guys that are there, Adri- uh, Ab- Abdriel Delgado, who was five for eight this weekend with with a triple and two doubles and ten RBIs. Um, so there's there's talent at Ju. Um, obviously, being a, a university in Florida, there's going to be talent. There's there's talent all over the place in Florida when it comes to high school baseball. Um, and, you know, obviously from the last few years results, it's, it's never easy to go to JU and get a win. Um, I think, you know, got the, got, uh, handed, uh, handed them the loss last year, um, early in the season with an 11 to two win at JU last year. But, you know, that trip is always, there's always something that comes up when you go over there. I think in 2022, we lost three to two to JU, um, 2021, I think might have lost in 2021 as well. Can't remember for sure, but um, it's always a test when you go there early in the season. Um, I'm sure it will be a little chilly and a little windy with the with the water right there near near the stadium. Um, so, looking forward to going over there and, and seeing how they handle the first road game of the season. Um, that game will be at six o'clock from John Sessions Stadium. Will be on. Uh, ESPN Plus. Uh, I think hopefully they don't, you know, cancel the broadcast on the day of the game like they did last year. But um, as of now, it's it's supposed to be on ESPN Plus and, and scheduled for a 5 p.m. first pitch. No probables yet, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Whitaker was to get the start in an opener kind of role, but also expect to see Ben Barrett and, and Yoel Tejeda in there um, to get their first work of the season. Um, so, um, you know, you'll hear from us next after the JU game um, and, you know, keep keep up to date with, with Florida State baseball and everything that's going on, game recaps and, and live updates on uh, Knowles247.com. And um, like I said in the last podcast, if if you can subscribe to the podcast and, and leave us a review or a five-star rating or anything like that on, on, on wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Pods, Spotify or, or Google Pods or anywhere else um you know that'd be that'd be really helpful for us and and we appreciate it so um till the next time uh we're able to talk to you uh you know Knowles are 2 and 0 to begin the season and you know hopefully next time we talk they're they're 3 and 0 but like i said JU is uh it's always a test it's it's never easy and it's never a super fun trip over there so um we'll see how the trip to Duval goes this year